What up, though? This is Knockouts and Three Counts, but before we bring you another episode of Podcast Gold, let me tell you about the homies over at Michigan's Finest. Do you ever find yourself trying to get yourself together and thinking, man, this is going to be a great night, but I'm looking for that little extra something something? Well, check out our friends at Michigan Finest. If you are into medical marijuana, rec recreational marijuana, concentrates, vapes, anything of that sort, Michigan's Finest has got you covered. And as you can see here, it's all easily done by their website. It's all curbside and you'll be in and out in two minutes. And they're family owned and operated. So customer service is their number one goal. And now since they are rocking with knockouts and three counts, use the code KO3MF. Yes, that's KO3MF. You get 10% off your entire order, but that does exclude featured items and items that are already on sale. But if you use that code, you're getting 10% off your items. And I promise you, either if you're looking for that big knockout or you're ready to hit the sheets for that three count, Michigan's Finest will get you together. Tell them knockouts and three counts sent you. And I promise you, you're going to be having a great night. Peace. This is the Ring of Honor, a.k.a. Shane T, boy. The baddest champion you've ever seen, boy. This is Mr. This is good old JR Jim Roth, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Knockouts and Three Counts starts now. What up, though? This is another Tuesday. This is Knockouts and Three Counts, and I haven't gone postal yet. Maybe that's just because I got vacation coming soon, but we'll see how that goes. This is another Tuesday, man, and did we have a full weekend of action? So, especially since we've got so much to talk about in the boxing end of things, I figured what better time than now to bring back our homie AB of AB Boxing News. How you doing, brother man? A long time no see. How the fuck you feeling? Hey, what's going on, brothers? Everything good, man. You know, long, like you said, long week of boxing and not just boxing, man, just sports in, in general, man. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a while, man. You know, life life has been different as of late. But man, you know, it's always always good to see you and seeing you grow. Both of you guys actually growing and doing big things. Hey, appreciate that, sir. Trying to uh, get some stuff popping. Speaking of which, if you're going to be at Astronomicon, you know, keep an eye out. You never know what you might see. And if you guys are fans of the pro wrestling thing, you know, Trish Stratus, who just came back on Raw, which we'll talk in, talk about in a little bit, is going to be there. You got Devon Dudley is going to be there. Sabu, Rhino. Uh, you've got a whole list of people going to be there at Astronomicon, not to talk about Jay and Silent Bob and all kinds of other things. So if you're going to be there, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss what we come back with. But dude, we talked about it already. There's been a lot of shit in the boxing world. I want to know from you first, how are you feeling with this Jake Paul, Tommy Fury fight? Do you think that that means it's going to be the end of the experiment here? Uh, I mean, no, because at the end of the I day... You have you have uh, Jake Paul, you know. I didn't ask Siri, but Siri wanted to chime in. <laughs> she had a better response than me, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, nah, man. I mean, to be honest, bro. Um, you know, I got to give credit what credit is due. You know, um, Jake has Jake has dedicated himself to the sport. You know, whatever my personal opinion is about him, and you know what you guys think about him, I think that you know we have to be subjective. And you know, he's been dedicated. He's been doing his thing. He's taking serious. He, he's been taking this crap serious, you know. For sure. uh, you know, for the amount of, of time 
that he had to learn the sport and then step in in the ring, not even without um, amateur fights, dude, it speaks a lot of, of, of volume. Now, are most of his fights staged? Is it not? Like, is he really doing it? And, and is opposition, you know, worth those credentials where he is now? Well, froze. No, no they froze. were not. <laughs> Apparently, no, they were not, according to AB. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, there you go. Oh, there you go. You back? All right, cool. My bad, brother. So I was saying, like, it, it's, it's tough now because now this was actually the first fight where you actually fight somebody a real boxer, not just a real boxer, like a, a brother of a Fury. You know how the Furies are, man. They they are some warriors, man. They call themselves gypsies for a reason. And, um, you know, it was a learning lesson. I think he learned that, you know, you don't mess around with the sport with a, with a real boxer. I'm actually glad he didn't get hurt because I thought he was going to really get hurt. But then again, it's like, do I give Fury credit for fighting someone that's a YouTube boxer? You know, it's like a lot of question marks still in my head, you know? Okay, it, so it's such a weird uh, it's it is such a weird thing and I really honestly had such a curiosity how a boxing analyst, somebody who covers the sport, how how their perception of the fight was because going into it I was more intrigued in the grudge match than I guess I was the match itself if if you get what I'm saying. And then to see kind of the way it played out, I think personally I'm done contributing to the experiment unless they make some type of interesting matchup that garners my attention to that level i think right now where i'm at i'm kind of i've seen it you know but to your point i think that's because we've seen him step up against somebody i didn't think tommy fury was of that level but he showed himself to be of that level over this past weekend and now that i've seen that i i feel like i'd be more interested in give him a couple months to train in that whole PFL thing that he was talking about and see how that goes then to continue down this boxing route but, where, okay, but he, that he, just brought up a point it, I wanted to talk about Corey. And I want to, I, I only say that cause you bring up the PFL thing. Here's the thing. I, I just PFL, feel like he's reached a plateau in the boxing end. I, well, I, I agree, but here's the thing though. And this is a question that's a good one for you too, AB. I mean, here's the thing. My question is, did him losing like that? against Tommy Fury, does that hurt him now with that contract with PFL? Because, yeah, he signed with them, but I feel like him losing, and now that he's got that first loss, it kind of takes the bloom off the rose. You know what I mean? It's going to take some of that steam off there. And my question is, with that being said, do you think that, you know, kind of is going to take away some of the interest of people still wanting to see him fight in MMA like that, because all that talk that they had before the fight about a, about a fight against a guy, like, let's just say Nate Diaz. I don't think that that's got the same cachet to it now as it did then, unless they fight MMA. I mean, it definitely. I mean, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. My brother. I mean, like for me, honestly, bro, I don't, I don't hurt anything. Cause at the end of the day, all of us in this video chat, we want to see Jay Paul get knocked out on a personal level. You feel me? <laughs> but the outcome that just happened with, with Fury, yeah, he lost a fight, but he, he kind of looked good because he went the distance with a real boxer. Actually, what I'm talking about is that job, he, he landed on, on Fury and he got him out in the last round, I think, right? So does it hurt him? No, look at Nate at, Paul look. says he's fighting Nate after the rematch, huh? <laughs> yeah. So imagine that. He's doing PFL, which is MMA, a whole different sport, a whole different atmosphere. And you see a lot of fighters have eight losses, nine losses, ten losses, and they still 
he hasn't been put out yet. I don't think Money Train derails till he's out cold. Yeah. What up, though, Jay Bone? I'm pissed that you're out there in Florida and I'm over here in Michigan, yeah. but fuck. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know what I mean? It's not going to affect it until he gets knocked out, you know? The same thing as Floyd Mayweather. They're doing exhibition, exhibitions, and people are still mm-hmm. going to watch it until somebody finally knocks him out, and then we'll just bow Hang on, though. So I got to yeah, ask you about that. What do you think about that with the Floyd Mayweather fight? I mean, you can't tell me you haven't been hearing all the news with how bad that shit sold at the O2 and them having to push the fight back 30 minutes because they're trying to sell more tickets and cutting cutting the prices and all that stuff. Do you think, let me ask you this, do you think uh, with maybe a little bit of the steam being taken off of the Jake Paul train, do you think that that will maybe stop us from seeing a lot more of these exhibition type fights like Floyd going and fighting all these uh, ex-Bellator guy and then went and fought the guy over and risen and all this shit because, you know, like I said, with that one not selling very well this time over there in England and them not selling tickets well, I wonder if maybe that starts to change, like, the appetite for, you know, that kind of a thing. Mason and um, Roy Jones, you know, they're past their prime. It was an exhibition, but people were intrigued. I, I mean, I was more intrigued to see Mike Tyson now than, you know, ending, you know, uh, like ending his peak. You know, I think it just depends on the opposition, like the correct exhibition. You know, if if you tell me, like, I'm gonna give yeah. you a prime example, like, if you tell me Roman Reigns versus Floyd Mayweather, you're gonna tell me you're not gonna watch that that exhibition. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It just depends on the on the star power. You know, it can't be just Mayweather against like. To be honest, I didn't, even, guy. I didn't even know the opponent. Like, I mean, like, I had to search him up and, and kind of learn more about who this person was. But, like, you know, like, I feel like people need to, like, automatically know, oh, it's Mayweather versus yeah. Roman Reigns. Like, I'm watching that. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it just exactly. all, all position. It, that, Go that's ahead, exactly what I was getting. My opinion is exactly that. If that type of match, you can't. Now, with how many spectacle matches we've seen with all these guys and stuff, I think it has lost of some of the allure on it. And you really do need, at, at least if it's not two A sides, essentially, you need a very solid B side. Somebody that's, to your point, at least known to the general public. Somebody that catches eyes just based on name power alone. Yeah, quick quick fact, right? You mentioned about the, the seats and it being empty. You know, boxing is just... a I mean, I'm gonna say it right now, like I don't care. I have no filters. Like boxing is just a dirty business, like for real. Like a it's like a used condom. Like, you know that all these promoters, you know what they do? They will release them tickets to the public, they'll buy all the front rows, and they'll just try to flip it to catch most of us. You feel me? Like, how how more dirty could it be? You feel me? Like, I got so fed up with that, bro. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, you're cheating these fans already from their hard-earned money and then for you to do that and abuse them even more like you, like it was going to be a certain point where you was going to get away with it and now it's like i feel like it's, they started seeing it oh you know i'm not buying this like you fighting who like no i'm not doing that so i mean i don't know how wrestling works i hope it's not like that i really hope it's not like that but look man at the very least i mean look with since scalpings happened tickets in general have been a lot different so if that's the kind of stuff that's going down in boxing it's very very possible that that could definitely be going down in the world of wrestling as well jerry to answer your question you know jake said if he ever loses he'll retire but i mean dude he also said after the fight that he's got a rematch clause in his contract uh for the fight with tommy fury so at the very least i think him and tommy fury 
are going to run it back at least once. Uh, as far as boxing and the Floyd thing and all that stuff, you know, what do you, so what do you think is next for him? Do you think he fights? Do you think he fights, um, Tommy Fury again? Do you think he kind of tries to take some time off and go fuck with the PFL thing? What do you think happens from here with that? I mean, Floyd's gonna keep doing these exhibitions, you know. You got you got you know, all these investors, whoever's paying them, they're paying them handsomely good money. Like the only the only way you see Floyd Mayweather stop doing this if all these investors or rich individuals stop paying them for all these, you know, non like fights that don't make sense. Like I don't I just don't understand. I mean, speaking Speaking if, of the Paul brothers, you, bro, it's... <laughs> if you were trying to wash your hands of some money, you might understand more <laughs> why these fights go on. It seems like, mm-hmm. at least, you know, that's that's what it seems like from an outsider's perspective. If you were trying to, you know, get some money out in some ways, real quick, that's that look, man. I'm not hating on Floyd at all for taking those fights. It's going to be interesting to see how Jake plays it. Well, what do you think we see from Jake Paul next, bro? Do you think uh, do you think he's going to fight Tommy again, or do you think? You know, he kind of chills out for a bit. How do you see it playing out? No, I, he's gonna. I think he's gonna uh, rematch Tommy. He's gonna be a bigger fight. Um, you know, the the tension's already there. Even though you know they they were cool after the fight, but it just that fight just makes sense. It has to happen. If he wins, cool. If he doesn't win, if he still if, like if he loses and he still gets a distance, does he really lose against a real boxer? Not at all. <laughs> if he gets knocked out by a boxer, then you know he's gonna be a meme all over the internet. You know, eventually he's gonna he's gonna get knocked the fuck out. Well, what do you guys think about I what mean, Jerry said? Jerry brings up a good point. Here's the other thing: I didn't realize until we saw the tail of the tape. I mean, obviously, I've been paying attention to all the build up on the fight, but I didn't realize until we were watching it and saw the tail of the tape that Tommy was that much younger than him. You know, he brings up a good point. It shows Jake can't beat a real boxer; he can only beat MMA fighters that are over forty. I mean, he went the distance with him, but I mean, that's something to be thought about. You know, he's fighting somebody younger, and we're talking about somebody who's an actual boxer. You know, and do you think? Go ahead. And somebody who appeared to actually have a size advantage over him, where everybody else has had a size disadvantage over him. And it seems like Jake's been able to kind of play bully ball in there a lot with a, a lot of these guys. And he wasn't able to in this fight. You could see that, you know, Fury was just too. His footwork was too elusive. He was able to implement his boxing. In in that term, his boxing was his footwork, and that's really what made the biggest difference, in my opinion. At the uh, at the end of the oh, day, yeah. that you and can't like argue you that said, at all. That, that jab, that jab was eating him up. But I mean, realistically, anybody with that type of length, if you just stick your arm out with the right footwork, I mean, he was he was lighting him up with that jab. You know. I mean, had Tommy Fury been a little bit more crispy with the shots when he hit with them counters, which that's my thing. If Tommy Fury was able to do that in this fight and he got paid that much, if there's another big pay, big payday coming after that, I think Tommy Fury only trains harder. And then what happens if he starts to catch Jake at some of those exchanges when he's making him miss? Because mm -hmm. there were multiple times in that fight where you would see Tommy catch him on the side or, you know, cut an angle real quick or make Jake miss because Jake couldn't keep up with the footwork. I think in a second fight, Jake may be a little better prepared for it, but I think Tommy Fury will also be, uh, uh, he'll have confidence on his side this time. He said Fury made made 4 million and Jake made 30. I mean, dude, even if I was getting to make 4 million, 
I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, but you could you could really tell that was the one thing I felt like, and you could see it in his expressions after the fight and stuff was that Fury, at least for the first couple rounds, was really lacking confidence in there. It, going yeah. into the fight, he was really unsure whether or not he was going to be able to beat this guy. Well, that and was my. Went, you're, that's a good point. And then he even went, when that and then he went out, out there, he never accepted it. Yeah, and then he went out there and he actually did what he thought he was going to be able to do. He outboxed the guy. He showed that he had superior skills and that his skills paid the bills. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it was fairly simple once it came to that. But I feel like if we go into a rematch, it's going to be a whole different thing because of that aspect of it. His confidence level going into that second one, it, I, I it's agree. very reminiscent. It's very reminiscent of like this Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman pay-per-view we have coming up. I feel like it's going to be a totally different fight than what we've seen the first time. I mean, granted, it was different situations a little bit. Leon was able to get the victory, but same type yeah. of thing. The confidence level is going to be such a different level. For well, because now you know you can beat him. Match. And not only do you yeah. know you can beat him, I think a lot of the, I'm not I'm not going to hold you up, especially now that we're out of the fight. I think a lot of it going into it. I mean, like I was saying, you know, when it came to Jake making that bet, saying if if you win, you'll get double the money I was going to pay you. And if you know, if you lose, you get nothing. I think there was a lot of pressure on Tommy Fury from the fact that obviously his older brother's Tyson Fury, arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. And you had Tyson was piping up and you had his pops piping up and all this stuff. And in the back of the Tommy's last head, name I, thing, the last I agree. Name thing. I, well, and that's <laughs> that what I'm was, saying. And look at real, like, even if he would, even if it wasn't the case, and even if he would have never changed his last name or anything along that lines, but forever when you would have had to introduce yourself as Tommy Fury, somebody would have cracked a joke about it. You know, the, Oh, weren't you supposed to change that last name after you lost that boxing match? You know, like he doesn't have to deal with that whole last name thing. That, that was like a low dig. And for him to be able to put that one to bed, at least I I thought that was good for good on him, you know? Yeah, but, but you also mentioned about confidence. Look at Jake, too, man. I mean, he didn't get knocked out. He probably confident, too, coming the next fight. I mean, it, 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 it's a double sword, you know? Like, I mean, me, if if sheesh, if I'm fighting somebody that has more experience over me and I survived them 12 rounds, like, I'm in my head. I'm like, shit, I think I could win the next one because he ain't Oh, I agree. I'm not saying Jake's going to go away, but I feel like and, if Tommy was able to make it convincing in that sense like he did in that fight, in the sense of just whose skills were better, I feel like going into the second fight, you're going to see a lot less cachet, a lot less of the Jake Paul bullshit with like the, in, in the sense of like saying the, okay, if you win, I'll pay you double. If yeah. you lose, I'm going to take your name. I don't think you see a lot of that shit in the second fight yeah. because I think Jake knows like, okay, this motherfucker beat me. There needs to be no bullshit, no nothing. I need to make it work. You know, with that, so let me ask you this, you know, who would, oh, that's a good question. Who would you pick Jake or KSI? Um, I feel like that's, I feel like that. Happy, bro. Like, yeah. Like KSI, is, he's fucking wild, man. That dude, his, his overhooks, man. And the way he throws them is so, oh, unorthodox, dude. I'd be like, fuck. But it's so dangerous too, bro. Because like, it's like any, any, any combat sport. Like you're, 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 you're learn a certain way to throw certain kicks, certain punches, right? Correct. And boxing is like, you know what, one, two. Uh, There's a certain way, the way you throw your uh, hooks and the way he, like, does it and then he overloops it. It looks so sloppy, but it's, like, so dangerous because it's, like, 
how coming do you, from an awkward angle because yeah, you can't defend you what you can't that? see. Like, do I put my hands like this? Do I like? And if you do that, then your whole body's open. So I mean, yeah, that's in that particular matchup. I feel like Jake is the more proven talent. I mean, but I don't know. KSI yeah. is proven. KSI is proven he's, he can do he's his proven thing. Too. He can I think that's a lot more low level talent guys in the same night. So I don't know. I uh, I like that I fight. I think know. that fight has a lot more interest to me than the Tommy Fury one does. Although I feel like the Tommy yeah. Fury one kind of has to happen again. But yeah. you, we also talked a little bit about Floyd Mayweather. You know, his brother Logan Paul has fought Floyd Mayweather. And with that being said, and speaking of Logan Paul. A couple questions. First of all, what were your thoughts on the interview during the fight where Logan gets up on the mic and's like, hey, Tommy, if you can hear me, you're a bitch. Like, to me, being a fighter and around fighters and stuff like that, I didn't like that so much. I felt like that was kind of... Yeah, I felt like that was really kind of unnecessary. That that felt more like to me... That felt more to me like an MVP promotions thing and not a top rank ESPN plus type of thing. You know what I mean? Like if you want to do that on your own, you know, spectacle type of thing. Sure. I understand this whole pay-per-view is essentially a spectacle type of deal, but the fact that it is now like what WBC or whatever was talking about sanctioning, having it in their rankings and shit for whoever wins and shit like that. So I mean, like, at that rank, at, at that point of the head towards legitimacy, uh, you can't do in the in the middle of the round interviews where they're actively, you know, playing it on a broad, you know, like that. You can't do that. That shit's just, nah. Yeah, even 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 with these rankings, man, that shit, oh shit, man, sorry about my language, that shit was pissing me the fuck off, man. Like, and yeah. I know. The, no, me too. Me too. Like, I know. I know Mauricio Suleiman, man. Like, I wanted to call him and be like, dude, what the fuck you doing, bro? Like, I'm like, it's all, it's, bro, I'm telling you, it's a dirty business, bro. I, like, I could, I could expose them left and right. Like, I, that's why I'm, I get sick and tired of boxing sometimes, bro. Like, like, just to clarify his point on how dirty boxing is, man. I was watching an interview with Chael on a Ariel Hawani show earlier, and he was talking about boxing's the only sport in the United States that's sanctioned by, you know, like the government had to step in to stop the corruption that was going on in boxing. So clearly there's clear examples of what you're, you know. Well, I mean, UFC's got their problems with betting at this point, so. Yeah. I think all combat sports, but go on. What were you saying? Yeah, man, it's just, it's just a dirty business, bro. Like, imagine, look look at this, right? Sanctioning bodies, they take 3% from a fighter, man. So imagine, you're the undisputed world champion. You're making $30 million from the 3% from not only WBC, WBO, WBA, IBF, and then I'm not too sure about the, the lineal, the ring magazine. I don't know how much percentage you, they get out of there, but imagine, that's 12% they're taking from the fighter's purse. Think about that. Then... Ah, I feel like we were digging into the meat of it. Fifteen percent to your manager. It's like so many 
roles in boxing pieces out to cry. If boxers were more educated, you don't need to pay all these people. This is why I get mad with boxers. Believe it or not, they come to me and they'd be like, dude, I want to get out of this contract. I said, dude, look at your contracts. They said they'll give you $20,000 up front for training camp. If you become a world champion, they'll extend your contract two more years. You win another world title, another year is added. Like it is so, it's a dirty business, man. It's a, it's it's so fucked up, dude. That sometimes I get mad at these boxes. Like, why the fuck do you sign it without going to an attorney, going to a fucking lawyer? Like, I don't know, bro. Like, I just get irritated with them sometimes. Bro. I just be like, don't hit me up no more. Like, you're getting me upset. Well, speaking of contracts, bro, there's one contract that's done really well since we're talking about the Paul brothers. Okay, Logan Paul. I will give credit where it's due. I don't know that I think he's got any better chance than Jake did against Tommy Fury. But in the pro wrestling ring, that motherfucker's got a lot better of a chance because I, again, will give credit where it's due. He's done well so far with what we've seen, and now it's looking like it's going to be him and uh, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. So with that being said, you know, when you're comparing the two, you know, the two situations for Jake and Logan, do you think – I don't know, man. The more I look at this, I feel like Logan might have made better out of the two of them out of this deal, dude, because he's making a shit ton of money with WWE. You know, Prime now is the official drink of the UFC, so he still gets to kind of have his foot in the fight game, kind of. And he's still, you know, and at this this rate, with it being WWE versus going the route Jake did, it's like we've talked about since the beginning of this. It's good. Until he loses, Logan man might be might be the kingpin in this one, dude, huh? Yeah, I mean, but but then again, wrestling is, is just so it's so different from you know combat. Even though wrestling is fucking hard too, man. It's all those fucking bums, all those the traveling, all that shit. So, I mean, I, from what I've seen from the from the four performances that I've actually watched, like it's like he got it, you know. Like you can't teach, like I don't know, it's like natural talent. Like he just got it. He's like they're both athletes. That's one thing yeah, you can't like, take away from Jake or Logan. Like yeah, I mean, I had my preservations, but if we're talking about just straight up athleticism, yeah, both of them dudes have some. Like I'm not saying that they're necessarily like a UFC level guy or a whatever, yeah. but. They're definitely not scrubs when it comes to the athletic ability. Yeah, that just, part I won't take away. What's that? What's that? What's that word they say in wrestling? It's just organic heat. Like they just draw so much heat, and he's it's a like, heat magnet. You can't stand them, but it's like you just gravitate. Oh, yeah, I just want to watch them get beat up by like Roman Reigns. So, like him and Seth awesome. Rollins going back and forth is hilarious. Seth yeah. Rollins calling him on a fucking FaceTime last night. To to get him to show up to Raw next week and all that shit. Hey, I like I said, I got no problem with it. I got I got it again. I'll give credit where it's due. You know, he made his debut at WrestleMania and all that. The guy the guy did well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out at uh, WrestleMania with the whole thing with him and Seth and a few other things. But before we get into WrestleMania and all that shit, you know. 
tax season is here. I know all you motherfuckers got to do your taxes because you're mailing them out every day and that's how I pay my bills. So thank you. But with that being said, get your bills together, get your taxes together. Make sure you check out the homies, G3 payroll and tax. Make sure you tell them knockouts and three counts sent you. And I promise you, you'll get you a little bit of extra money. Maybe you can get one of these overpriced WrestleMania tickets. Luckily I already got mine, <laughs> but uh, use them and you might be able to get you some too. Um, with that being said, dude, like I said, we're on the road with WrestleMania here. Shout out to Jerry. We appreciate you watching. Anybody else who's new here, make sure you hit the subscribe button. But, dude, I mean, you said it yourself before we hit the live button. You're very much so looking forward to what we're going to see come WrestleMania and everything that's going on with that. Um, what What are you most looking forward to, and how do you think all this shit's going to shake out, man? Because after what we saw on, on Raw... You know, you had Kevin Owens come out, and you don't know if it's going to be Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos or however the fuck it could play out. And then you got the female tag team champions with Lita and Trish Stratus and all them coming back last night. So all kinds of things going in the pro wrestling world. How are you feeling headed into WrestleMania? No, it's exciting. I mean, as as we've seen on Monday Night Raw, man, things we starting to get a little a little glimpse of what matches are actually going to marinate and going to happen you know um i'm excited well man this is it's like i don't know man this year of of like early 2023 wwe with the storytelling it's been very good man I, i'll give you on top of my head I'm, I'm excited for um cody rhodes to complete this story this this comeback story for his father you know completing this destiny that you know quote unquote his father won the match but you know it was a dq finish i believe and him trying to complete this mission, dethrone in modern era, right? The longest reigning yeah. universal, undisputed, whatever it's called, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's I'm really like I'm really invested in Cody Rhodes, man. He, I was checking out his work in AEW. I'm invested in um this Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio few like Prison been- Dom. How do you feel about Prison Dom? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Prison Dom's listening in and got him a hold of AB real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> No, he, you know the kid. The kid has improved, man. You know he, he needed this 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 heel turn. You know because it was it was about time that he um grew out of his father's shadow. In other words, you know, and it's not easy living up to those expectations of, of a legend like you know Rey Mysterio. You look at Cody, Dusty's a legend in just wrestling. Uh, even uh, without WWE, he's just a legend in every industry. Like he he's a household name. You know, so I'm invested in that one. I really hope Sami Zayn. Whatever match it happens, right? Him and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. I hope that's the main event for night one because Sami Zayn has just done so much incredible work. He has kept that Bloodline, you know, this this um takeover right of, on WWE on SmackDown and Raw. Like he's kept it alive, made it fresh. The whole Royal Rumble um, shenanigans with the ending was so beautiful. Like that was exciting. that was like Shakespeare type shit. Yeah, like I I really hope they get night one main event, even though like. Charlotte for Rhea. I think Charlotte Flair Rhea, like he was saying, very well could be one of the main events because that's one three three years in the making, dude. And I think Rhea Ripley is coming back around to be the. I think she. I've said it for a while. She's next up for them, and okay. they know it. Yeah, they but, know yeah, she's Kyle, next you, up. Kyle's been digging up in her for a long time. Yeah, but but which one? Which one is which one? Like, like uh, uh, re- taking out a personal feeling, right? Like, 
which one are you, do you want main event? Like besides your personal feeling, like which one deserves it? Like based on their well, work? Well, obviously Roman's match is going to be main event. Yeah, but like two. Uh, like one. I think personally, okay. I like your idea of that tag title match, but because of the way everything's kind of been going with like not only the women's division, but the, the women's tag titles and all that kind of stuff, I think Charlotte Rhea needs to main event one of those. Okay. I, I, I believe that they need to main event one of them because on the women's side of things, unarguably, that's the best storyline they're going to have. Even yeah. with bringing Lita back and Trish back and all this shit. Don't get me wrong. I like it as a fan. Now, last night was a little clunky, but I'm still looking forward to seeing what happens with WrestleMania. But if we're talking about giving the ladies a fair chance, giving, you know, giving them the, the equal spotlight they should get, there's no bigger match that you can put on on either show in the women's division than Charlotte Flair and Rhea. So if you're going to give any one women's match the spotlight, I think that would be one of them. So I think that would be a great match uh, for night one. Okay. Um, I think Roman closes out night two because I still feel like we're going to get something. And I mean, who knows, man? I mean, they haven't said anything about The Rock, but who knows? Let's, let's also not forget to take into effect. John Cena is going to be back on Raw on Monday, too. With Gary. So yep. we don't know what the hell is going to happen. Shout out to Theory, past guest of the motherfucking show. Uh, you know, like I say, I, there's a like you said, there's a lot of things to look forward to going into WrestleMania. And let's not forget, at the end of the day, we never know when they might try to pull some rabbit out of their ass. So things could look a lot different by the time we get to WrestleMania or, you know, anyone who knows wrestling. The Raw after WrestleMania is the biggest WrestleMania of the year. That being said, you never know who's going to come through that door. That being said, don't know how I feel after last night about them saying it's going to be Brock and Omos. Oh, my God. Uh, oh my. Don't know that I really want to see that one. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. Now, Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. That, that interests me. As long as it doesn't get super super over the top it's gonna some somewhat with it being bray wyatt but i've said this for a while i'm just glad to see bobby lashley doing something big dude like yeah. i'm tired yeah. like i want to see guys like him and guys like brock and they they need to stay in the they need to stay in the upper echelon and we've been saying for a long time especially since bobby lashley returned and winning the world title and all these things We've all wanted to see him at that level for a while. I think it's unarguable that Bray, you know, has been one of the bigger stars since he come back. You know, they still really kind of got to establish him still. I still would like to see him and Uncle Howdy as a tag team. But I think going into WrestleMania, I'm just glad to see uh, Bobby Lashley in a big caliber match. But I still don't know how I feel about that Brock Lesnar Omos shit. <laughs> You're getting burned out on these big men matches, huh? It seems, it's not it the big men matches. Weird. It's just, it's not the big men matches. For me, it's, again, Omos is still so new, right? Yeah, yeah. And we know that Brock Lesnar will sell for anybody. But at the end of the day, there's only, I feel like there's only so much that you can see in that match, right? Yeah. Because I don't, mm -hmm. I, even though Omos is like grown in leaps and bounds, I just don't see him have being, have progressed enough that, he can keep up with a Brock Lesnar. I think yeah. that's where my issue with it is where Brock, where like on the flip side, we just talked about Bobby and Bray, you know, for a fact that both those fucking dudes can go. Yeah. So even with all the extra shit that's going to come with it, being Bray Wyatt, you know, when it gets time for them to be in the ring, 
they're going to fucking go. I think that's the difference. It's not so much the big man match for me. It's just, I don't know how those styles clash. Now, that being said, with MVP being involved, shout out to MVP, you know, moving our tickets down and shit for the Raw After Mania last year. I appreciate you, my guy. But with that being said, um, with him being back around and Bobby being back around and Omos being back around and Cedric and Shelton, I also wouldn't be shocked if we seen like the Hurt Business come back around. I would. I thought that kind of got cut a little quick. I wouldn't be mad if you did that, you know, have them reform. And at least that way there's like a connection between, you know, the Brock match and the Bobby match and all that kind of stuff. I I think that wouldn't be, uh, I don't, I don't think that would be a bad way to go either. But as far as main events, obviously Roman's match is going to be one of them. Uh, I, but I, I still kind of stick by what I said. I kind of think that we need to see, you know, the women's match highlighted, What'd you, you know, you being a fan of the older stuff too, bro. I mean, what, uh, what'd you think of them bringing, uh, Lita back to be Becky's partner? And what'd you think of Trish coming back? Cause the Trish part, I feel like she should have came out when Becky or when Bailey first, uh, interfered. But yeah. what do you, what do you feel with, uh, them coming, uh, back here on raw last night? I mean, I, I've seen a lot. I mean, you know, it was crazy. You mentioned that I was, I was actually reading a couple articles saying like, um, Lita winning the tag team titles is bad for, you know, business and whatnot. It's like another part-time flowing into the women's division, you know, right? Lesnar, Goldberg, whatnot. But to be honest, man, it's like any any other business. You, you know, those tag team champions in general, do they uh, – do they do, do we have this uh, taste that we're like, yeah, I can't wait to be the women's tag team champion, you know? And I think with Lita, you know, her um, nostalgia and this – figure in WWE and especially the impact she's done in women's division, right? Or the Divas in her time, right? Divas era, women's era, whatever, right? Like, she's a she's a big, she's an important figure in, in WWE or wrestling, whatever, however we want to define it, right? She's all a famer. Yeah, yeah. However we want to define it, her being a champion, you, you're, you're increasing this value. You're increasing this prestige that, that now you have maybe, I don't know, I'm just throwing random names, right? The you know, people now, you know, instead of, you know, Sasha and the whole um, Naomi getting mad about, you know, whatever, right? How the division. Speaking of that, Mercedes Monet being yeah. your new New Japan championship. Yeah. So imagine, so imagine now people wouldn't mind being tag team champions representing and wanting to defend these titles. I mean, it's not a bad thing. You know, I think that they're experimenting to see where it goes. It doesn't hurt not trying. You know what? What do they lose out of it? Nothing. You you have a Hall of Famer that's a tag team champion with arguably one of the one of the best um, figures of, of this modern era in Becky Lynch. Like no I'm argument there. Like I was excited. Like I wasn't mad about it. I'm excited to see where this goes. I mean, now it opens my imagination to be like, all right, what's a, what's another uh, former women's champion, former Divas champion that could return and could team up with this generation's. Um, Right, wrestler and make a tag team, and wouldn't it be exciting? Like I could think of Trish Stratus coming back, and she teams up with, I don't know. Ronda well, she Ronda. came back to come make the save yeah. for Lita last night. Yeah. You know, I mean, my thing is, I kind of look at this as the flip side, right? Like yeah. it's cool. I don't have a problem with Lita being the champion. Yeah, but I hope with somebody like her and Becky as champion, a it brings more eyes over to the women's tag titles, and b now you got to build some people for them to fight. Now you have to make some other teams so that there's a full division. 
Like, that's my hope out of this. Okay, now you've got the tag titles. Not that damage control wasn't uh, credible, but they're not on the same star level as Alita and a, and a Becky Lynch. So that's why I'm saying now that you got the titles on somebody who is, you know, a higher prestige, now you got to build the division below them to do that. I mean, not that that shouldn't have already happened when you had a Bailey and Sasha as champion or Sasha and Naomi as champion. But that's what I want to see is I want to see that division be grown upon. That's kind of what where, where my hope is uh, for that coming out of it. I mean, look, at the very least, you know, you brought up a good point before we went live, dude. You know, speaking of, you know, the state of pro wrestling, the state of pro wrestling is good when it's entertaining on multiple platforms yeah. and people are watching in. Because here's some stats I want to rattle off to you guys that I didn't realize until I was doing my stuff for the show. You know, everybody wants to talk about how many tickets are sold for WrestleMania, uh, what the ratings are, all those kind of things. Um, their live events since Cody has come back and the live events that Cody's on have been breaking records. And I don't mean like just, okay, they had a good house here, a good house there. They're smashing their live event records. And the last three premium live events being Royal Rumble, um, Elimination Chamber, and I guess the one before that would have been Survivor Series. Each one of them has broken a record. Elimination Chamber is the has been the most watched uh, pay-per-view for the one before WrestleMania in years. They said this is the most watched Royal Rumble that they've had in how many years. So the point I'm getting at is, I mean, you... You you mentioned it uh, before we went on live, like, you know, the actual intrigue that's built towards people wanting to see this. Yeah. Numbers don't lie. And no, when they're breaking records in live events, you're breaking records in people watching the shit. You're breaking, you're breaking records in YouTube and views on all platforms. I mean, look, bro, say what you want, say what you will. And I, and my thing is to, don't get me wrong. I love the Sami Zayn thing. Again, I think the bloodline storyline is like the best thing that they've had in years. But with that being said, I'm glad that the focus is on Cody headed into WrestleMania because I think that's the story. I think Cody can be the face for them. And if you're going to have somebody be able to take the belt off of him, I'm not even saying Cody for sure wins. If someone's going to take the belt off of Roman, it needs to be somebody that you can put on all the trucks and that's the face of that motherfucker yeah with yeah. all the experience that he's had with aw and everything else i feel like cody has become seasoned enough that if that is the way we're gonna go i think cody i think cody would be the right person to do it all i know is like i said the state of pro wrestling is good and speaking of the state of pro wrestling check out the state of pro wrestling when you're done here i know you like interviews and in pro wrestling if you're checking us out Check out their links in the, in the description. Tell them Knockouts and Three Counts sent you. Check them out if you're in the Minnesota area. Anyways, last thing I wanted to get with you before we get out of here, bro. Yeah. So it's also been talked about, about Gervonta Davis and Ryan. So tell me, uh, how are you feeling about this fight, dude? Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, I feel like this is a banger. There's a lot of talk that Tank's got to handle some legal trouble after this fight's over. What do you think about this fight? I feel like this is one of the best fights that boxing can make right now. Uh, I still feel like Tank is going to keep his uh, belt. But that being said, 
it's one of the more exciting fights that boxing has. And as you know, being somebody who covers the sport, boxing doesn't always do so good on delivering the fights that everybody wants to see. So with this one, having a date and all those things, how are you feeling about this? I mean, I mean, what was I saying? Until I see them both in the ring, I'll believe it. I mean, I'm excited. You know, they made some progress, right? All the, all the shit talking and whatnot. And, you know, one promoter saying this, like, you know, the thing about boxing is there's so much bullshit going on, man. Like you have one promoter wanting more things than the other promoter, this network. So the fact that the fight's getting done besides all the fucking drama that's been going on, like I'm glad it's being happened. I think, I mean, a lot of people come at me on Instagram. I always say, for me, that's the biggest fight that um that could be made right now. Over It's way bigger than Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford. Um, I think it's bigger than uh, Josh. Wow, that's saying some. You know, um, Ryan, you know, you got to understand Ryan. Ryan is like, um, what's the word? He's just very different from any other boxers, you know? Like, he's the type of dude that brings the, the grandmas, <laughs> your granddaughters, the young ones, and the and the usual demographics of boxing. Like, he just brings them all in the venues, right? Gervonta, you know, he's a big household name in, in terms of the boxing community. Um, he's very known, right, in, in this um, mainstream, Ryan Garcia's mainstream mo- model, whatnot. So it's just going to be a very great fight because you have some two fighters that are quote unquote unproven and they do need each other to, to eclipse to the next level, even though, you know, Gervonta is mm-hmm. a three division world champion, whatnot, um, even though some can be debated, right? Like this whole regular WBA shenanigans and what whatnot. Right. And then Ryan, who's never been a world champion, but he's always been there. And Ryan also needs a big win to kind of solidify him. Those, yeah. Solidify these haters. Like, Oh, like, he really does take this boxing serious. You know, my biggest fear is that him not having a fight or even a tune-up fight to, to this Javante Davis, even though people are saying, oh, he's he's for a couple southpaws, blah, blah, blah. But is that ring rust? Then you look at Javante. He just had a fight. You know, he has the legal battles and whatnot. But, I mean, it's like a pick them and choose them fight. You know, um, I, I actually posted up on Instagram today that a lot of people wanted my perspective and who I'm putting my money on. I mean. Um, it's just all about game plans, you know. I feel like sometimes Ryan doesn't fight like the like the um like the fighter that he should, right? Using his reach, um, mm-hmm. being committed on the job, you know, that kind of scares me because I feel like sometimes he just wants to like get in there and mix it up, and you know, he doesn't have the greatest chin in the world, so that scares me. And Tank, you know, Tank is just a that boy could fucking hit, man. If I, Tank, I, if Tank hits you, bro, yeah. he puts your fucking yeah, life. Bro, I'm not even allowed to, to, to say, like, dude, I seen him knock a former heavyweight champion and a former cruiserweight champion at the Mayweather gym. Like, that dude's power is legit, bro. And, like, with Tank, you know, um, I seen flaws in Tank. You know, but Leo... Being the fucking not thinking, he's trying to go inside and be a machismo and mix it up with Tank, and that's where Tank, that's where Tank is the most dangerous. Like that's where he's most dangerous yeah. in the pocket. So, I mean, I tell this to people, right? My money, my money's with Tank. No, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. My money is with with Ryan, but then my head is with like you know, I use my head though. You know, I use my head, but it's it's hard, bro, because like, just you just don't know what to expect. So. If you're betting, I don't think you could lose 
with either one. You know, it just depends what kind of what kind of fight you take. But if I was to take a bet, I go with Ryan Garcia on the decision or or Tank on a on a knockout. Those are the only two possibilities that I see. I told Ryan this one time, right? We was on the boat. Um, twenty twenty, Canelo was fighting in Florida against. Mur I think it was Garcia. I think Murat. I, I forgot the name. I'm sorry. I, I'm not remembering the name. Me and Brian were at the yacht party. I mind you, I invited him. We got, you know, I got a little lit. <laughs> he definitely got lit. <laughs> so you know, he's like telling me, he's like, "Oh, I really wanted to fight." I was like, "Ryan, you're lying to me, bro. Like, don't lie to me. Like, you're you're lying. You're dying." Ryan said, "No, I wouldn't." So I said, "All right." Like, be honest with me right now in my face. You and Tank, who is winning? He said, he looked dead in my face. Mind you, I'm so drunk. He's like, yo, G, I'll give you 10 racks. I'll knock him out by second. I said, bro, you're bugging. Like, I don't know what weed you on. Or I was just, you know, exaggerating. I, was like, I don't know what drinks you're on, bro. Like, you're not knocking out Tank. And I told him straight in the face. I'm like, the only way you're winning this fight, you're using your distance and you're getting away from the power. I'm like, if you by one second try to get in that pocket, I was like, dude, I love you, bro, but you might get knocked out. And he said, gee, like, I'm being dead ass. Like, I'm like, Brian, now you're talking, you're talking nonsense. Like, you're not going to, I don't think you knock out Tank. But then again, i never seen Tank really get cracked. But I seen Ryan get dropped by, by Campbell. Yeah. That's, that's you know? the thing, right? When you're, all when I'm you're saying is against Tank, like that's that. the worst strategy to me is to bang it out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. When you're weighing evidence like that. But I've also seen Garcia, man. He's, he throws, some punches man so damn fucking quick in there like i remember one of his last knockouts it was legitimately i was watching the fight i didn't see what happened i just seen yeah. the dude go down and then yeah. they showed the replay and i still barely seen what happened and then they yeah. slowed down the replay and i'm like oh yeah he did land a fucking vicious hook in there oh shit yeah. like his hands are that that quick so like there is chance for ryan garcia to knock him out he possesses that level of power but it's just like you say man i feel like if you put yourself in that danger zone against somebody like tank who you have a size advantage over that's where i feel like you would be best implemented it's not like he's not a skilled boxer it's not like he's not able to go out there and outbox somebody from distance i feel like that would be his best game plan if he wants to if yeah. he wants to chase counters once in a while and then immediately get back out of the you know pocket fine but i feel like if you're just wanting to chase it up clinch here and there and get back into it get dirty yeah. that that ain't the fight for him for sure yeah but he's got to fight he's about it i don't know about ryan man like i mean that one adversity with campbell like yeah he he, he overcame that and everything but i don't know man i feel like i take tank to the streets, like I don't know, he's built different, dude. Like if I take him to Detroit right now, I know Tank is gonna hold it down. You know, like that's just the type yeah. of dude he is. He's just, a, he's just a he's a good dude. Like like when he's not surrounded with the wrong people, like he's such a nice dude. Like he means well, but then when he's hanging out with the wrong people, like he's just doing some dumb, stupid shit. Like I've seen it so many times, right? Um, Ryan is just a kid still, you know. Like he's learned a lot from from the times I've been with him. I remember when I met him in New York, seventeen. Mind you, I took him to the ice skating ring thinking – I always think he was 21 <laughs> when I tried to take him to a club. He's like, dude, I'm only 17. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm taking you to, like, the ice skating ring, bro. That's what you deserve to be. So, like, <laughs> so, like you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just depends who has the right state of mind, who has the right game plan. 
And like at the end of the day, who wants it more, dude? That's really what it is. Who who really wants it more? Um, I do want to go there actually. That's one. I think they're doing New York, they're doing Vegas, they're doing LA, and I'm not mistaken. I think they might do do the UK. So, hey man, what, like that's that's probably tour? one of the yeah, yeah press yeah, conference yeah. shit. Promote it, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm definitely that, there, that definitely would be a, a joint to get at, bro. I need to I need to get in on one of these too, bro. Corey, before we get the fuck out of here, you know, we also saw some UFC action and we saw some Bellator action. I got to watch the Bellator fights first of all. Shout out to Amazov. You know, I don't know if any of you guys yeah. got to see the story of that leaving, leading into that. You know, he's the reigning Bellator world champion, and he leaves while he's champion to go defend his country over there in Ukraine and is fighting on the front lines, and they got videos of this dude in the in the war against Russia. And then he comes back off a three-year layoff and just put in fucking work on Logan Storley, which if you guys have been following the show, we just had Mitch McKee fresh off his win for LFA, you know, a Minnesota gopher standout and was brought into MMA by Logan Storley. And dude, I mean, don't get me wrong. I knew what Amosov was about, but dude, he went in there and fucking put it on. He fucking put it on against Storley and Storley is no soft, you know, soft contender, you know, shout out. It just looked like, it just looked like Logan Storley had nothing for him, man. And I, I had watched the Big John, um, um, Josh Thompson uh, podcast, and they had talked about it, talking to him after the fight. And he said he uh, ate some of those leg kicks early, and it, Storley said his his leg was just dead on him, man. He couldn't do anything. He was just in there taking shots, and he felt like he couldn't defend himself, but it was a world title shot, so he couldn't, you know, give up on himself in there and – I feel like that's what we essentially seen was somebody that was just there but wasn't able to really implement his skills whatsoever. And shout out Amosov for being able to do that. I mean, that was that wasn't based on an injury that was based on damage dealt. So, you know, that is what it is. You know, uh, that that was really I, that I missed the main card. I did go back. And there was also the nasty event. knockout on Peter Queeley. Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name peter queely had his fight he got knocked out and now his opponent is going to be the next one up for uh pitbull you know depending upon what he says because they're talking about pitbull might go down and try to fight uh for the 135 title as well so there there was a lot of good stuff out of that bellator card ufc has been having a lot of problems with their main events um i'm not mad i won my parlay real quick on that fight so maybe we need to get back to dropping our parlays because it was nice to win a little bit of extra money. But that being said, the main event for the UFC, which was the final leg of my parlay, didn't get to happen because Kryloff got sick before the fight. So yeah. what are your what are your thoughts uh, on the UFC quickly, Corey? Un- definitely unfortunate circumstances. I know they already rebooked the uh, match, if I'm not mistaken. It's really quickly uh, coming up. If, it, if I'm not mistaken, they rebooked it for March 11th. I could be wrong on that, but uh, so quick turnaround for both the guys. Hopefully, at least Ryan's fan got a little bit of something from making weight and having to sit in the back, not knowing that he wasn't going to fight that night. But either way, I like the matchup. I didn't like its placement as a main event. What it got replaced by, I mean, granted, Brendan Allen looked hell. He looked like 
incredibly impressive against somebody who was supposed to be one of them boogeymen of the division and uh, Andre Muniz, somebody who went out there and snapped, uh, snapped Jacare's arm just like a year ago. I mean, kidding, dude. And to so, do that like, against Jacare, I don't guys. give a shit if it's MMA or jiu-jitsu. Jacare is widely considered one of the best guys jiu-jitsu-wise in MMA history. So just saying. able to do that. He was considered one of those boogeymen at uh, 170 and for uh, Brendan Allen to basically go in there and shut him down from every facet of the game and have that ele- elevated platform being uh, the newly minted main event. I feel like that does nothing but really uh, give him a solid push towards uh, something better towards the top. I really liked that fight for him, but the card itself, man, that that was lacking big time, man. And, and I mean, you see it sometimes from the UFC where, like you said, Kyle, they've had, you know, a, a bit of a string of unfortunate things happening with main events with like the uh, Derek Lewis one. And they, they've had quite a few injuries pop up at the last moment and stuff like that. But what it really shows me is, man, I miss the days where they used to stack these cards a little bit better and you could have a actual name value co-main event where if something like that does happen it's like hey all of a sudden it's two guys that people actually still know and not just like unranked brendan allen and number 11 or some shit moonies like i get it but at the same time like you guys got to do better you're the top fighting organization in the world when it comes to mma and you guys got to do better than that um, real quick, though, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on the card, Kyle. But Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, to your point with what you were saying about the next card, you know, A.B., before I let you get out of here, um, yeah. I'm going to go grab yeah. something real quick. But this weekend, we've got the return of John Jones at fucking heavyweight against Sorogon. You know, if he wins this, we're already hearing talks of him and Stipe. But what are your thoughts on the return of John Jones? What do you think this fight means? And uh, both of you guys, give me a little bit of a thought on what you guys think with John Jones. And anybody who's watching, feel free to throw in your thoughts in the comments. Uh, I mean, um, he's good for the sport. You know, he brings he brings eyeballs to the sport. Um, I'm very I'm very uh, optimistic to see what he brings. You know, an, an opponent that you know someone some someone like that opponent has nothing to lose and. Probably will do anything to win that fight. So imagine if he beats John John Jones, like where does he go? You know, so I'm yeah. I'm excited. Um, you know, um, and then I'm pretty sure if he wins, you know, he's gonna get a big fight, like you just mentioned. And you know, and then John Jones is a good person too. He trained with uh he's with Holly Holm. I remember in New Mexico with Carlos Shields, actually. He's he's very cool, man. Like I wish him nothing but the best. And um I hope to see him in a boxing ring too, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> I want to see him in a boxing ring, bro. Yeah, I, f- I feel like of, of all the bigger guys, he could, before his transition to heavyweight, at least, he could have done decent. I, I don't know now that the size thing might slow him down a little bit in a boxing environment. I feel like, you know, being yeah. that he is naturally a smaller guy. But to progress towards the fight, I love the fight. To your point, like you were saying, for Surreal Gone, what an opportunity, man. I mean, there isn't much of a bigger platform. You're now fighting again for the heavyweight title of the world uh, arguably against the greatest that there ever has been in our sport and uh john jones making his move up to uh 265 he's looking like he's coming in at about 250 ish 260 so he's he's definitely taking advantage of the weight um gain and stuff like that and he's 
he's looking in shape for uh, yeah. his debut at heavyweight. I'm definitely excited yeah. in that regard. I, I wanted to actually quickly, I know Kyle um, is doing something, but I, I had a question for you. Um, if if John Jones loses, is that one of the biggest upside in UFC history? If depending on the circumstance, it, it really is depending on the circumstance, right? Like if he goes in there and gets outclassed for a multitude of rounds or something like that, yeah. If a heavyweight goes in there and knocks out John Jones, who used to fight at two hundred five in the first or second round, just because he landed a shot, no, I don't think that's the case. I think. For John Jones, especially seeing how Francis Ngannou was able to out-wrestle uh, Surreal Gan, I feel like this should be the type of fight where John Jones should be able to take advantage of it as long as he's able to get a hold of the bigger man and still take him down. That's the real, that's the real fight to me. Is, is he able to implement his wrestling? Does he use his footwork to avoid the big shots like we were saying? Surreal Gan's not necessarily one of those guys that's known for being one punch and all of a sudden they're out. He usually yeah. piles it on to people and then throws that bomb, you know? So yeah. he, he definitely could. They're, they definitely put in a guy that could be John Jones. It's not like there's – it's not like it's a given or anything like that. I just feel like the wrestling advantage in this one, man, it's such a big thing. Okay. And uh, that, that really to me is the, the, the fight is whether or not John Jones impl- implements his wrestling and if he does, how successful is he with it. All right, let me chime in real quick. So to answer both of your questions, number one, no, I don't think it would be the biggest upset in UFC history because Cyril Ghosn has already proven that outside of a Francis Ngannou and, you know, a Stipe Miocic who's always looming with him being arguably the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, I think Cyril Ghosn's proved that he should be in there. Now, if John Jones wins this fight and wins the UFC heavyweight title, I think there's a lot of argument to being able for John to be able to say without a shadow of a doubt, especially now with the new um, developments in the UFC, like in the USADA drug testing, because it's also come out now that anything under a hundred picograms, they're not, they're not considering that a pop. So now that would also mean that John Jones never popped for steroids. Granted, the rules were different at the time. I think the storm of all of those, if he wins this fight, because this fight's for the heavyweight title, because now that Francis Ngannou isn't with the UFC, this is for the title. John Jones wins this fight and wins the heavyweight title. I mean, it's going to be hard not to say that that guy's not the greatest of all time. If not the greatest of all time, I mean, he's got to be in the conversation, if nothing else. As far as the fight itself... When you run through the list of legends, Kyle, not to interrupt, but when you run through the list of legends he was beaten early on in his uh, career and being that young while he was doing it, he's got to take that spot. Especially, like you said, with the the now clearing of the whole drug test thing and stuff like that. I mean, continue your point, but I just feel like if he does get this done, it he takes that spot, in, in my opinion, at least. Um, I think it's going to be hard for him not to. Um, as far as the fight goes... Uh, the big thing for me, the big questions coming into this fight are how does John Jones carry the weight at heavyweight? You know, we've seen him train. Anybody can look good when you get all muscled up your 250 pounds of all muscle and all that shit. Of course he looks good. Let's see how he holds that weight in the fight. Let's see how dynamic he's able to be. Is he able to throw the dynamic strikes and the crazy kicks and be able to mix everything together? So flawless, flawlessly and seamlessly. Cause let's also not forget. 
John Jones is not only coming back off a long layoff, he's coming off of probably what's arguably two of his worst performances of his career. When you talk yeah. about the fight against Dominic Reyes and, you know, he had, uh, uh, Tiago Santos. It? that's it. Yeah. I couldn't spit out the other name. Both of those fights were not, uh, John Jones best performances, but again, he's had a lot of time off. He seems a lot more clear headed. He seems ready to go. I think John Jones gets the dub in this fight, but that being said, I think it's going to be a lot harder of a fight than most people are going to say that being said, I what do you guys think about Stipe pretty much from what they're saying being like the next guy in line to get a title shot? A lot of people are saying that he's just skipping the line, but again, I've said this for a while. Okay, you're skipping the line. What are you going to do? Have uh, Stipe fight gone? I mean, gone's about to fight for the title. Stipe lost to Nganu. He's not going to be able to get that fight back with Nganu. And if we're talking about resumes and being somebody that should be in that prestige, you cannot talk about UFC heavyweights for the last 15 years and not say that if Stipe isn't your favorite heavyweight, he's got to be top two or three and not favorite. I should say best heavyweight is what I mean, because everybody can have a different favorite. But if you're looking at things objectively to not put Stipe as arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. So with that being said, at least as far as the UFC goes, with that being said, it, it makes, it makes for an interesting fight. I don't have a problem with him jumping the line because here's the thing. Yes. There's a bunch of young killers out of there, but I feel like until Stipe is completely out of the picture, regardless of whether John Jones wins or Cyril Gan wins, I think that that makes it so that they're always going to have that shadow of Stipe behind them. So in my opinion, I don't have a problem with it being Stipe because in my mind, he ultimately would be next up. So I I don't know. All I know is I'm just really looking forward to having them fights come up, especially the co-main should be good too with uh, Alexa Grasso versus uh, uh, Valentina Valentina. Shevchenko. Um, I mean, all in all, dude, it's going to be a banger of a card. And we've got AEW Revolution this weekend as well on Sunday. It's a whole lot of shit going on in one weekend, which is all the more reason y'all got to hit the subscribe button because you never know what we've got coming. Plus, you got Astronomicon that's coming down the pike and all these things. We got a lot going on this weekend. But, A.B., man, let them know where the fuck to find you, what you've got cooking, and all that good shit over there in New York. Yeah, no, um, first things first, things first man, I want to thank both of you, man, for, you know, reaching out to me. Um. Actually, man, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It's 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 been uh it's been a while, man, doing this, man. I've I've been um to be honest, isolated in general, man. And it's it's good to have that um passion again, you know. So I thank you guys for real from the bottom of my heart. Um everybody can follow me on Instagram, that's where I'll be posting as of late. A B um it's A B B O X I N G N. And um, you know, and right now in New York, man, I've been I've been um doing a lot of ventures. I've been um crossing um paths in NBA, basketball. Uh, pro leagues in Europe, Mexico, Russia. Um, May 20th, I actually have a big event in New York. We're bringing like at least 15, 16 different states in one tournament. I think it's like $20,000. I'm actually also trying to do a, like, a celebrity game of all the contacts I have with NBA stars, WWE stars, boxing stars. Um, and then also I have one of my people that, that works with us. She's also, she just became a manager. So we're 
slowly but surely trying to um have our own roster of fighters in the boxing trying to make noise um i have another person also just enter the pr world so i mean i think it was we was um kind of experimenting with the media and trying to figure out what the puzzles of how does this work how does that work just like you guys right when you guys started you were trying mm -hmm. to figure things out right so right now we're ready um we also have a couple of investors and hopefully maybe in year two launch our first show our first promotion in new york or wherever it makes sense in the market so yeah that's some of the things we're cooking right now man hopefully we make it happen we definitely have you guys come out you know um since all the support you guys do for us man love to have you guys out there too man for the promotion that we launched hell yeah, yeah man i'm always yeah. down for a vacation we're counting down the days to wrestlemania counting down the days till i get on the plane go link up with mega Rand and take my ass out to la and get away from this cold ass michigan weather with that being said man we've talked about a lot of good stuff shout out to the sponsors one more time michigan's finest get yourself right with michigan's finest use the code ko3mf get you 10 percent off your order tell them knockouts of three counts since you get your taxes together with g3 payroll and the state of pro wrestling like we said is good so check out the state of pro wrestling with all the links in that description but with that being said i mean dude we talk about all these things in the fight world hot damn shout out to our guy kenny cross conor mcgregor fucked him out of the ultimate fighter and he's already signed to fight <laughs> in hawaii for Bellator. So fuck yeah. Shout out to Kenny Cross. And with that being said, lights out's back in the building. They're giving me another motherfucking microphone. Shout out to everybody that was at Hype Athletics in Wayne, Michigan. That bitch was packed. Shout out to Adrian Harjabij getting him another world title. And guess what? If you guys didn't get to check it out, go check it out. Spectation Sports. You can hear me call the greatest nut shot in the world. Somebody didn't get their ass kicked this time, but I did a lot of flapping my gums. So until next time, in the in-between time, make sure you hit that motherfucking subscribe button.